Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, the Prime Minister calls out the Conservatives for a lack of unity on vaccinations. The Conservatives are actually moving backwards. More and more Conservatives are now stepping up to stand against vaccination, to stand against science, to stand against being there for each other. Aaron O'Toole condemns vaccine misinformation coming from some members of his party. It's important for members of Parliament to advocate for their uh, their constituents who may be losing a job or may need reasonable accommodation. We do that all the time on a range of issues. But it's very different to cause confusion with respect to the health and well-being of Canadians. Ms. Gladue's interview did that yesterday and it's not appropriate at a time we should be answering questions about vaccine hesitancy, not creating new questions. And Christia Freeland calls on the CEO of Air Canada to improve his French. I've been able to live in Montreal without speaking French. Um, and I think that's a testament to the city of Montreal. It's Tuesday, November 9th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by Susan Delacorte, columnist for the Toronto Star. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Mark. So both the Prime Minister and Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole yesterday uh, spoke about vaccines for MPs and and some of the comments that have been made by members of the Conservative Party. Um, Aaron O'Toole had to answer questions about remarks made by Marilyn Gladue, a Conservative MP, on CTV on Sunday, uh, where she took issue with a number of different things and, and argued against mandatory vaccinations. Um, and and Justin Trudeau criticized the Conservatives for where they stand on this. Uh, this issue continues to follow Aaron O'Toole. I know he's got a, a news conference this morning. I'm sure he'll get asked more questions about it then and, and won't spend as much time talking about what he'd rather talk about. Um, so when is this going to be put to rest? Well, it needs to be put to rest soon. And um, I'll tell you what we're hoping... Mr. O'Toole says today is um, who are his uh, who are the members of his shadow cabinet? Who are the critics? Who is his government house leader? Um, all that is useful information because right now the talks uh, between uh, the new cabinet ministers and their opposition counterparts are stalled because they don't know who they're supposed to talk to. And Mr. O'Toole can hardly appoint somebody to be in the house all the time if they're not vaccinated. So uh, that's one of the reasons we think that, that it's delayed is that he's got to get a grip on who are the MPs who are actually going to show up in the house and who won't. The, the weird thing about all of this, Mark, like going rolling the tape back, I keep doing it anyway, is only back in February and March, it was the Conservatives who were arguing, A, that there should be no hybrid parliament, that everybody should show up, and B, that vaccines should be available to everybody and the Liberals were failing because they weren't getting vaccines uh, quickly enough to everybody. And when, when you think about that position of the Conservatives back in the spring, your head spins about what, where they are at right now. They, yeah. um, they, there are MPs who are arguing not to show up in the House because they're not vaccinated, uh, and there are um, they are now arguing against the idea of vaccination when they were saying in the spring that everybody should be vaccinated. So I have been around a long time and I'm having trouble following 
where they're at. One gets the sense that Mr. O'Toole is no more happy about this than than anybody else, sure. and that he would like to get on with with the job of opposition. But um, and and his his frustration, as you said, with Marilyn Gladue was real. Uh, that was quite evident yesterday. But um, but I guess everybody is is sort of hoping that today he will at his news conference he will do something in the realm of moving on from this debate rather than getting stuck in it. Yeah. And and we'll get to what he wants to talk about in in a moment, because uh, that's a real topic as well. But I I I would guess that Aaron O'Toole would say that in the spring he was in favor of making vaccines available to everybody, but not necessarily forcing them to have them. Right. And that true. That's, yes. Yeah. So. Um, let's let's talk about what Aaron O'Toole is is focused on right now, which is the prospect of the Liberals and the NDP working together to ensure that this parliament lasts and that the government doesn't get voted out in a motion of non-confidence. What are you hearing about that? Because there's there's a lot of speculation about it, but not a lot of information. Uh, <laughs> so, right. so what are you hearing? Ottawa's favorite kind of story. Yeah. A lot of speculation and no fact. Uh yeah, this has been um, simmering out there in the media since about last week. A couple of uh, news outlets have suggested that the Liberals and the NDP are in some kind of talks to assure that already Parliament will function. It's entirely possible they are. And you saw yesterday, I was up on Parliament Hill, and you saw various people like Mark Holland and um, and other MPs walking, Mark Holland is now the government house leader, coming in and saying, well, it would be unusual if we were not talking to the NDP about that. So feeding the speculation that that something is in the works. There's, there's an important distinction here that I think people are forgetting. Um, a coalition, as as Aaron O'Toole was talking about yesterday, saying there's going to be this unholy coalition, would imply cabinet seats. That's the usual definition. There is no talk at all of... Um, of Liberals and NDP kind of sharing any governing. There are probably talks about what would the NDP want to see in the throne speech and what do they want to see in the budget to ensure their support. So there is a real conversation going on on how NDP or how New Democrat the throne speech and budget will be. And Trudeau, in his remarks yesterday to caucus, definitely spoke about things that are, are NDP-like in agenda. Aaron O'Toole is trying to revive um, the specter that was used very effectively about 12 years ago when the Liberals and NDP actually did talk about a real coalition uh, in an attempt to unseat Stephen Harper's government right after an election. And uh, the the entire prospect frightened people because the bloc was part of that as well. It's, again, way too much... Way too much ancient history there, but Aaron O'Toole is is gambling that will work again. I'm not I'm not sure that people are as afraid of NDP liberal cooperation as they might have been back in 2008. But uh, that is what he's he's trying yeah. to say is some unholy deal is being made behind closed doors. I I don't think there's anything but the usual talks going on, and and some of this. Is just wishful thinking or trying to put what's going to happen in practice anyway, that the NDP is probably going to prop up the Liberals for a while anyway, to, because nobody wants an election again. That's yeah. the, 
Yeah, and I, I think there are, there are many different scenarios and, and, and shades of gray in this kind of thing, there, uh, from a formal coalition to an agreement that if we do these things, you won't vote us out until at least this date, to simply saying, hey, what do you want to see in the throne speech for you to support it? Um, I think that's right. And, and it could be the, the conversations could lead to any or none of those outcomes. Um, but I, I guess Aaron O'Toole might also be saying that the fact that the and, and by the way, all of that is is not only uh, fair game, but but legitimate in a in a minority parliament situation. And it's the kind of thing that people talk about as a as cooperation, uh, something that Canadians, I think, or many Canadians want to see more of in parliament. Um, exactly. So, but but I guess what Aaron O'Toole might be saying, too, is that this is going to pull the liberals in a certain direction uh, and that it's it's going to mean that a bunch of NDP policies, which many Canadians didn't vote for, will be part of the liberal agenda, right? That's right. Um, Trudeau is saying in his, his remarks, though, Canadians voted for progressive. Canadians have an appetite for an ambitious agenda, and he is basing that on the number of people who voted across the board for progressive parties, such as not just the NDP, but the Greens and the uh, the Bloc. So uh, he believes he's on solid footing. My understanding is that um, the indications the NDP has from the Liberals is they're going to function pretty much like they did before the election, which wouldn't, you know, which yeah. again raises the question of why did we have an election, but that's a whole other yeah. story. All right, let's talk about Air Canada's CEO, because Christia Freeland, the deputy prime minister, spoke about Michael Rousseau yesterday, uh, saying that he should learn French. Uh, and uh, this this is such an interesting story, because Air Canada is a private company. Yes, it's headquartered in Montreal, but this has become a big political issue, uh, despite the fact that it's a private business, um, and that business can hire, in theory, whoever it wants as uh, its chief executive. Yeah, this is a fascinating story, you're right, because uh, she did remind uh, Air Canada in her letter that the government has 6% ownership in it, um, and she did. She demanded that, um, uh, let me get this straight, she, she demanded that, he's, that he himself has to improve his language comprehension, that French fluency should be um, a criteria for promotions, and that there should be an internal audit of the French language uh, within Air Canada. Why this is um, interesting is you remember about earlier this year, maybe even going back to last year, that there was ongoing tension between the government and the airlines over pandemic relief. And the government was again placing demands on Air Canada. Air Canada was demanding some kind of relief and um, for its... Um, for the fact that it was basically shut down during the pandemic because travel was non-existent. And the, the government was again putting the boots to Air Canada and saying, not until you refund passengers their uh, tickets and not until you are customer friendly. And this is just another sort of twist in that story, which is, um, yes, it's true Air Canada is a private corporation, but the government is treating it and making demands of it as though it performs a public service. And um, that private-public tension between Air Canada and the government has now taken this form, uh, which is over the French language. This is still a huge talking 
point in Quebec. Uh, Quebecers are angry about it. It has fired up some of the same sentiments we saw over the English language debate during the election, but going back historically to uh, to Quebec feeling that, uh, that the French language is not valued in Canada. So uh, I would not want to be Mr. Rousseau right now. And um, I would imagine if he's anywhere today, he might be in French classes. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Susan. <laughs> Have a great day. Okay, you too, Mark. That's Susan Delacorte, columnist for the Toronto Star. We should be answering questions about vaccine hesitancy, not creating new questions. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the National Post, John Iveson argues the Prime Minister has reasons to snicker. Iveson writes, In September, he barely hung on to his minority government status, yet Justin Trudeau stands on the brink of enjoying the standing of a majority government Prime Minister if a rumored deal with the NDP transpires. At the same time, the Conservative opposition is in disarray. Aaron O'Toole's efforts to highlight the fiscal dangers of the radical NDP Liberal coalition were overshadowed by questions about the emergence of a civil liberties mini-caucus set up to talk about vaccines. At iPolitics, Andrew Perez considers the Conservative challenge with a civil liberties caucus. Perez writes, It's as if the Conservative Party learned nothing from the federal election, an election that they were winning until the Liberals exposed the Conservatives' lackluster policies on vaccine mandates. It's difficult to know whether the Civil Liberties Caucus will in fact materialize over the coming weeks and months. But if it does come to fruition, it will have severe long-term impacts on the Conservative Party's ability to compete for power in this country. In an editorial, the Toronto Star argues it's time for Aaron O'Toole to draw the line on vaccines. The star writes, O'Toole has been trying to appear pro-vaccine to the general public while attempting to placate the minority in his ranks who are giving cover to those who are either vaccine-hesitant or outright anti-vax. It wouldn't be easy for him to tell the vaccine skeptics they must get with his program if they want to stay in his caucus, but the alternative is worse. If he doesn't settle this issue by the time Parliament resumes sitting, the division in Conservative ranks will be even more damaging. Now, here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister will be in private meetings. Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole will hold a news conference in Ottawa. And Innovation Minister François-Philippe Champagne continues his trip to Europe to attend the Global Partnership on Artificial Intelligence Summit. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Tuesday, November 9th. Tune into Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.